five in your letterbox. I don't think, said Harry, a trifle too hastily, that Professor, ah, uh, Hinkleberg wants to listen to my little adventure. I'm sure he must have a lot to tell us. I've puzzled my head about that reply a good deal since then. It wasn't in character. Usually with an opening like this, Purvis was up and away. Perhaps he was sizing up the enemy waiting for the professor to make the first mistake and then swooping in to the kill. If that was the explanation, he'd misjudged his man. He never had a chance, for Professor Hinkleberg made a jet-assisted takeoff and was immediately in full flight. Ah, you should mention that, he said. I've just been dealing with a most remarkable case. It's one of these things that can't be written up as a proper scientific paper, and this seems a good time to get it off my chest. I can't often do that because of this darn security. But so far, no one's gotten round to classifying Dr. Grinnell's experiments, so I'll talk about them while I can. Grinnell, it seemed, was one of the many scientists trying to interpret the behavior of the nervous system in terms of electrical circuits. He'd started, as Gray Walter, Shannon, and others had done, by making models that could reproduce the simpler actions of living creatures. His greatest success in this direction had been a mechanical cat, that could chase mice and could land on its feet when dropped from a height. Very quickly, however, he had branched off in another direction, owing to his discovery of what he called neutral induction. This was, to simplify it greatly, nothing less than a method of actually controlling the behavior of animals. It had been known for many years that all the processes that take place in the mind are accompanied by the production of minute electrical currents, and for a long time it has been possible to record these complex fluctuations, though their exact interpretation is still unknown. Grinnell had not attempted the intricate task of analysis. What he had done was a good deal simpler, though its achievement was still complicated enough. He had attached his recording device to various animals, and thus been able to build up a small library, if one could call it that, of electrical impulses associated with their behavior. One pattern of voltage might correspond to a movement to the right, another with traveling in a circle, another with complete stillness, and so on. That was an interesting enough achievement, but Grinnell had not stopped there. By playing back the impulses he had recorded, he could compel his subject to repeat their previous actions, whether they wanted to or not. That such a thing might be possible in theory, almost any neurologist would admit but few would have believed that it could be done in practice owing to the enormous complexity of the nervous system. And it was true that Grinnell's first experiments were carried out on very low forms of life, with relatively simple responses. I saw only one of his experiments, said Hinkleberg. There was a large slug crawling on a horizontal piece of glass, and half a dozen tiny wires led from it to a control panel which Grinnell was operating. There were two dials, that was all. And by suitable adjustments, he could make the slug move in any direction. To a layman, it would have seemed a trivial experiment, but I realized that it might have tremendous implications. I remember telling Grinnell that I hoped his device could never be applied to human beings. I'd been reading Orwell's 1984, and I could just imagine what Big Brother would do with a gadget like this. Then, being a busy man... I forgot all about the matter for a year. By the end of that time, it seems, Grinnell had improved his apparatus considerably, 
and had worked up to more complicated organisms, though for technical reasons he had restricted himself to invertebrates. He had now built up a substantial store of orders, which he could then play back to his subjects. You might think it's surprising that such diverse creatures as worms, snails, insects, crustaceans, and so on, would be able to respond to the same electrical commands, but apparently that was the case. If it had not been for Dr. Jackson, Grinnell would probably have stayed working away in the lab for the rest of his life, moving steadily up the animal kingdom. Jackson was a very remarkable man. I'm sure you must have seen some of his films. In many circles, he was regarded as a publicity hunter rather than a real scientist, and academic circles were suspicious of him because he had far too many interests. He had led expeditions into the Gobi Desert, up the Amazon, and had even made one raid on the Antarctic. From each of these trips, he had returned with a best-selling book and a few miles.